It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following is a presentation of the High Spot Podcast. Making their way to the ring. Talking about the world of professional wrestling. The team of Jeff Martin and the trendsetter, Brian Perga. The Jersey Wrecking Crew. What is going on, guys? You're listening to the High Spot Podcast. I am Jeff Martin alongside the Trendsetter. Follow us on all our social media at High Spot Podcast and Bodyslam.net. Trendsetter, what is going on, man? So much to talk about. It's amazing. There's just more news, more news, more news. But uh, you got Roman Reigns, Ric Flair, Kevin Owens, so many things to discuss. Trendsetter, what is going on? How are you doing today? What is going on right now is that you smell that, you feel that in the air, Jeff. It's not the cold weather that's going on here in the metropolitan area. Oh, it is so WrestleMania cool. season. That's what it is. And a lot of exciting things to go around, like some of the things you just mentioned right now. And, uh, you know, it's going it's going to be that exciting period right now where you're going to get certain returns, certain surprises, and maybe things you didn't expect to see. So I'm excited to start off the show. Yeah, and we have, again, so much to, you know, discuss. But, uh, uh, you know, Trendsetter, trying to, you know, talk about pre-show and what we were going to bring up first uh, and we were going to go whether we're going to go like what happened last to what happened the the earliest but uh, I just want to say you know it's just amazing to me and we always say it towards the end of the show that there is so much going on and we try to make this you know short and sweet try to keep it to an hour but man we literally could talk all day about everything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling not just WWE but you know let's start with uh, something very feel good, a really feel good moment as far as Monday Night Raw. We were um, told earlier on in the weekend that Roman Reigns is going to make an announcement, and uh, it was a great announcement as far as his health wise, as, as as his health is concerned. He is now in remission from leukemia, and it's got to be not only a great moment for the WWE fans, but for him and the love that he got that he received. Holy smokes. We never thought that we were ever going to see that where a WWE crowd in unison was going to be welcome back Roman Reigns. We're going to cheer for him and adore him. But it happened on Monday Night Trendsetter. Right now, Roman Reigns is getting something that he hasn't had before, and that is 100% backing from the WWE fans. You know, it's something to add on to that, Jeff, something he he's hasn't really needed, but now he has a second chance now to kind of start fresh in a sense. But you're right, a lot of uh, feel-good moments there. But at the same time, I, I like to feel that the people that listen to the High Spot Podcast, Jeff, are very smart, meaning that, you know, we can separate the fantasy from the reality to an extent. I mean, I've never had any issue with Roman Reigns as a human being, as a person. When you see him do his segments on talk shows, he speaks very well, great representation of the company. Why wouldn't you want him to be your quote-unquote guy, right? But then when you see him in the ring and, you know, there'll be up debates up the you-know-what in terms of is he good in the ring, is he not good in the ring? 
Uh, that's up, always up for debate. But, you know, I've never been a fan of his character. And his character is something that I just didn't like. It was being force-fed to me. It was being sold to me. And I didn't like that. But ultimately, this goes beyond characters, Jeff. This goes beyond storylines, opportunities, burying guys, et cetera, et cetera. It's a feel-good story, like you said, in terms of somebody who has a passion, has a love for this. It's in his blood in terms of it's in his family. And now getting a second chance now with leukemia in remission for Roman Reigns to kind of step foot into where, you know, maybe does he pick up momentum right where he left off? We don't know. That's yet to be told and yet to figure out where he fits now within WWE storylines. But at the same time, feel-good moment. Congratulations to him and definitely something that was very personal for him, but he was able to share it with everybody else. I think everyone appreciated him doing that. WWE is better with Roman Reigns back, you know, no question about it. And not only, you know, in the ring, but behind there because he is a locker room leader. He is a presence. He is one of the guys that you look for for leadership, and he has gained that. There's an amazing story, actually, uh, that uh, I watched before uh, that I read, actually, before we came on here about how there's this new guy who is writing uh, on the creative team, and at the end, Roman Reigns, they were going back and forth in dialogue, and he wanted to you know, end it on a semi-curse word. And he goes, well, you know, we have to get it approved, and Roman Roman Reigns is like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So he gets it approved. He goes to the proper channels. He comes back, and then the you know the writer goes, wow, you know this is so much better that you did it because at the end of the day, you're more important than I would ever be here. And Roman Reigns goes, no, 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 don't say it like that. We're all a team here. And that person, that creative writer, was just taken aback by the way Roman Reigns, um, his attitude, you know, because you got to you could have an ego like Roman Reigns backstage. And, you know, you know, you're allowed to, but this guy is the ultimate team player. And that's just one of the amazing stories that you hear about Roman Reigns. And so, you know, he's fine. And a lot of people who want to say that, you know, this is a work, this is a work all along. You can't, you know, recover from leukemia in four months. You can't be shooting movies with The Rock, um, you know, in while you're getting treatment. You can't be doing signings. You can't be going to football games. You can't be going... Uh, you know, guest starring on shows on Nickelodeon. You can't do these things when you have leukemia. But, you know, then again, we don't know what kind of form he has. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It did creep in my mind, especially in wrestling, Trendsetter, because we are kind of, you know, uh, taught that stuff is always a work. You, you know, you're thinking about that. But then again, though, it really is tough to believe that WWE would make this whole a work angle, this whole storyline. Or if we're going to talk about this in terms of conspiracy, yeah, it's it's something that, you know, as much as people are very passionate about it and it's a very sensitive subject to think, oh, how dare you use something like this in the storyline? At the same time, it's not as far-fetched as you might think. So people are like, oh, there's no way somebody would be cold-hearted or, or, or manipulative like that to do it. But uh, again, you can't hold anything past anybody, whether it be good or bad. But if ultimately at the end, does it really matter here? I mean, because you could debate it up the, you know, up to the ends of the earth with everybody and everybody will have their own opinion and formulate their own type of conspiracy in a sense. But it doesn't really matter. He's back. It's not going to change. It doesn't Whatever matter. Whatever you felt for him before and feel for him now is up to you. Whether you want to go back to boo him again, that's on you as well. But ultimately, he's back. He's going to be implemented in storylines again, once again, because he wants to get back on the ring. So let's focus on that more in terms of the product, ultimately, and what Roman Reigns is as a character coming back. Is he the exact same way he once was? Is he, is he booked a little bit differently? We don't know. Those are the things I'm more concerned about. 
So far, so good the first night back for Roman Reigns. And, of course, that's not the only time we'd see him as uh, he would come out to help out uh, former Shield member Dean Ambrose, him and Seth Rollins. Uh, there's a interesting moment after uh, Roman Reigns' uh, address to the crowd where Seth Rollins came out and no Dean Ambrose. Uh, we hear backstage that Dean Ambrose was emotional. It was his decision not to come back out. But at the end of the day, WWE's final decision is to maybe have another Shield reunion. Now, there's so many questions here because Dean Ambrose is still scheduled to leave at sometime after WrestleMania, and yet Roman Reigns believes that maybe a Shield reunion or maybe he can force Dean Ambrose to re-sign with the company. you kind of seen the uh, burial of Dean Ambrose, and we're talking about character-wise, uh, that you know it's kind of slowed down a little bit because they feel they could get a last-second signing for Dean Ambrose for him to come back to the WWE. But this is about a guy who creatively has felt stifled, doesn't feel you know he's getting uh, his due, and maybe a Shield reunion as we've been teased to towards the latter part of Raw, is maybe something that could allure Dean Ambrose to re-sign with the company, and maybe this is just what he wants, or maybe something that is a storyline that he could get into that could change his mind to come back. But again, so many angles in that. Uh, what are your thoughts? I don't believe in that at all. I think Dean is somebody who's made up his mind. Uh, whether he does change it, of course, it's up to him, and I wouldn't judge him for that. Last minute, you know, in the final hour, you know, they throw a price tag on you, and it's an offer you can't re- refuse, as they say in The Godfather. You know, then you're going to sign. No harm in that and no uh, no calling foul in terms of, but you said this and you said that. I mean, WWE already released a statement. Are they going to try to resign him still? Most likely. But I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think it's more for WWE trying to know the fact that Dean Ambrose is one foot out the door now. And uh, for Fastlane, if you're building up towards that, you want to maybe do one more Shield reunion to uh, kind of bid farewell to that. So I think that's really the way the storyline's going. I don't think it has anything to do with influencing Dean to stay. I'm sure Roman, Seth will probably be like, ooh, this is good. We sh- you should really stay and reconsider. I'm sure there's going to be people in his ear. But to me, Dean, seen- Dean seems to be a guy that has made up his mind. He really seems to, su- to be somebody that once he makes up his mind, that's kind of what he sticks to. I mean, that's what I just get from him. I don't know him personally. So uh, I think this is, uh, this is the end regardless of it. And it's just kind of a small little, you know, making the, uh, the exit a little bit more... Um, a little bit, a little bit more easier for people. Yeah, and I don't think it hurts for Roman to try to convince Dean. And again, it's something uh, that I believe that Dean is still set on leaving, but this doesn't hurt for him in a last-second ditch to try to re-sign him. So we'll see what happens. But definitely we're getting that tease at maybe Fastlane that we're going to see a six-man tag team match. And surprisingly, Roman Reigns is ready to go. He's ready to get back in action. We're also being teased of a possible feud with Baron Corbin. So who knows? That might be just you know a, a good... Uh, opponent for him because we know that Baron Corbin has immense heat on him so it's just going to continue the momentum for Roman Reigns to be cheered at. Corbin has heat on him just because he's Baron Corbin. Exactly. (laughs) So it it helps Roman Reigns because Baron Corbin is a natural heel. He's just so despised right now. So it helps Roman Reigns to, you know, be in a program with Baron Corbin. But one final thing is though, when Roman Reigns gets that success because right now we're all on that bandwagon that we're happy to see him back, that we're happy that he's uh, back in the fold where he belongs. It's his yard, you know. But do you think at the end of the day that once that chase, once that's over, people will get back at that sentiment that, hey, he's Vince's guy. And I'm pretty sure that when he speared, um, you know, when when he gave that spear uh, last Monday night that everyone was going crazy for that. And Vince McMahon in the back is going, oh, my God, this is what I've wanted all along. Do you think at the end of the day, once he's done chasing and he finally achieves the goal, do you think he's fair game for that WWE crowd to boo him once again? 
Yeah, definitely. No question about it. Is it going to be as intense as we've seen in the past? I doubt it now. I think it's going to be a lot more looser because regardless whether you like him or not, and here's, I'll be honest with you, if I start seeing him being booked the exact same way and nothing changes and it's the same old situation we've been seeing months and months and years on end now, uh, yeah, I'll be one to boo and not like Roman Reigns. But again, like I've stated before, at the beginning of the of the show and now it's not that I dislike Roman Reigns as a person and you know sometimes it might be conflicting for some people because now you're thinking about what he went through to get here you know all the stuff he had to go through in terms of, of dealing with uh, a very personal issue in terms of having leukemia and coming back and now finally set in remission uh, yeah those would be conflicting that's why I think you'll hear boos but won't be as intense as it once was before but ultimately to me I'm fair game listen uh, his story is a, a special one he was on Good Morning America talking about it too. I'm sure he he said he's he wants to be somebody who talks about this openly and uh, bring awareness, for, yeah, yeah, and yeah. use this as a platform. So you're going to constantly keep hearing about this. But ultimately, whether you boo him or cheer him, it's up to you. And to me, it's more about what you see in the ring, what you see storyline wise. So to me, it's still fair game regardless. But again, the chase for it will be there. People will be excited for it. Some may not be so much. But once it finally happens, yeah, once it starts being fully established that he's back, he's back in the fold of things, he's back. In on top as being a top guy, uh, things might change, but not to what we saw before in the past. So again, we send our best wishes to Roman Reigns. Glad he's back, and as Roman, as uh, actually Michael Cole would say, is the big dog is back. So good for him too. And you know, the funny thing is, selling that big dog, big right dog from the, right from the gate. <laughs> the funny thing is too is I've been always asked, trendsetter, if I could hang out with somebody, or you know, you always get that uh, question. So, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, between wrestling fans, where they're like, if there's someone you could hang out with, uh, past or present, who would it be? And a lot of people would say. Uh, Rick Flair because of his you know wheeling dealing je- you know Jeff his nightlife yeah, yeah. his nightlife all that that he would be the guy he would be one of the top guys that you want to go out. you you've heard about the nation you've heard about that you've heard about Space Mountain and the Mary and the Marriott you know you've heard all those stories so you want to live that lifestyle and who better to hang out with than Rick Flair and you know it's Rick Flair's 70th birthday and here at the High Spot Podcast we want to wish Rick Flair a happy 70th and uh, a couple years ago uh, it was some scary times. And uh, I think that, you know, we were wondering, like, man, it would really hit us as wrestling fans if anything ever happened to Ric Flair. But, you know, he he got past that. And now, you know, he's as, you know, as, as awesome as ever. And celebrating, you know, his 70th birthday was just truly amazing. So we want to wish him a happy birthday. Yeah, of course. The Nature Boy is somebody who's been a huge influence, not only for you and I, Jeff, but for wrestlers all around in the industry. You asked, you, you asked professional wrestlers, and now and then, maybe not the new new uh, breed or new wave of professional wrestlers, the millennials in the sense, but uh, you still watch back and people ask, like, who's the one person that you uh, admire or want to emulate in this business? And usually nine times out of ten, it's either usually Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair. And uh, with, you know, with good reason. And so, you know, for Ric Flair to have a 70th birthday, knowing that a couple of years ago it most likely wasn't going to happen, uh, it's definitely something you cherish as a fan. I'm sure he cherishes it well. So, yeah, uh, happy birthday to Ric Flair here from the High Spot Podcast, from the Trendsetter to the Scoundrel. We, uh, we, we appreciate every single time we get a chance to see and hear from Ric Flair. Now, if you're a wrestling fan and you're in, you know, in Atlanta, Georgia, you had everyone there expecting to have a birthday celebration, and you're there on Raw and you've paid your ticket, would you have been expecting to see the celebration go, uh, you know, be actually in the ring with everyone there celebrating, kind of like when he retired and when he had the whole celebration in the ring? Uh, if, if you're a wrestling fan, do you feel kind of cheated that really didn't come to fruition that night? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I would have been because, you know, they promoted this literally two months before it was going to happen. So every single week on Raw, About a month, on SmackDown, yeah. it felt like two months at least, all right? So give me that much, Jeff. God damn it. Um, it felt that way. And so they're promoting it, you know, really shoving it down your throat. And ultimately, if you're somebody who really wanted to go see this and hear and watch the ceremony and hear from Ric Flair in terms of, you know, him really publicly talking about all he's been through to reach this point of his birthday and going through all the, the issues he went through in the past. Yeah, you wanted to hear him talk. And the way it ended, you kind of feel cheated. But at the same time, you know, us as fans or us that we talk and discuss about it want to always mention as 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 wrestling comes and goes, especially here during WrestleMania season, of you know how things are so predictable. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Or I knew that was going to happen. So when it doesn't work the way you think it's going to, regardless of how upset you are that you didn't see the segment, and Jeff was like, they spent so much money on balloons and cake. <laughs> they got stinging, for goodness sakes. You I know? know. What a great deal that was. Not doing nothing, just standing there going, woo! It's, it's amazing. I wish I had that deal. But ultimately, in the end, it was still successful because you saw something you weren't expecting to see, the return of Batista. There you go. Here's the funny thing, though. Was it what you wanted to see? Because no, for the longest not. time, people <laughs> were talking about, oh, Becky Lynch is going to crash the party. She's going to do a Austin S thing, maybe come out with uh, you know who knows what, but come and destroy and and ruin the birthday party for Ric Flair because of course we know now that's going to be Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch has been suspended from by Vince McMahon, but she's shown up, and we thought she was going to crash the party. I would have put a lot of money, a whole lot of cash, saying that she was going to be the one to crash the party. Charlotte wasn't even there. And we get Dave Bautista going into the locker room backstage and, of course, attacking Ric Flair, trying to get the attention of Triple H, of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, going to come out to the to the back and, you know, help out his friend. Did Dave Bautista get his attention? Now, are we going to see this matchup most likely at WrestleMania? I think you're already going to answer your own question right before you even ask me, Jeff. We think the answer is yes. There's a question of what happened when they're celebrating Raw, uh, uh, SmackDown anniversary, and, and Bautista was throwing that shot at Triple H. So we didn't know what was going to happen. It was something that could be left. You know, you plant the seed, and that was, was going to eventually lead to possibly a match at Mania or maybe down the road or maybe never. So now we know it's, it's most likely going to happen. This is the reason why they're doing it. You know, in terms of a storyline standpoint, I would have enjoyed it more if Batista was actually in the ring. You know, he would have been one of the guests because he was very close oh, to Ric Flair. Awesome. Imagine he does it in the ring. He was right? very close to Ric Flair. He was there when Ric Flair wow. had his final match against Shawn Michaels the night after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. him kind of saying his goodbyes. So there's that clo- there, there is that closeness there. So it would have been nice if it happened in there rather than the back. Kind of feels shortchanged a little bit if you're a fan. But again, this is all nitpicking. Ultimately, at the end, it, it proved its point. But ultimately, for me, Jeff, I don't. I'm not excited for this because I spoke to the Moody Barber about this not too long ago. That you know, I know WrestleMania sometimes is about nostalgia, but there's a reach a certain point too where the nostalgia has to make sense. I mean, why why are we seeing this now? Why why are we bringing Batista in now for this particular reason? Just because we do need an opponent for Triple H is is it necessary for Triple H to wrestle at this year's WrestleMania? I don't think so. He, he's he's fully recovered. Supposedly, he should be ready to go from his torn pectoral. That's a Recovery, though, isn't it? That's a fast recovery. Kudos to him. But, you know, as much as, you know, people might like seeing Triple H, you know, Triple H is getting up there, too. I'm not saying that he can't, he can't go, but ultimately, why does he need to keep getting in the ring? And that's what concerns me. You have so much talent, Jeff, in the back that you can build on where you don't need Triple H to step in the ring. You don't need a Shawn Michaels in the ring. Yeah. You know, things like yeah. that. And and that should be your main focus rather than bringing the nostalgia act. So what? You know, we're going to bring Undertaker back for, you know, now we know what's going on with Undertaker now, but you're going to yeah, bring we'll back Undertaker. Yep. Yeah, we're going to bring back Undertaker, you know, do that one match again when you kind of 
ultimately the point I'm trying to make, Jeff, is you don't want to see these individuals like Triple H or Batista because we want to remember them for what they once were, not now that we look at them and eventually reach the point where they're a shell of their former selves. And just going on to Becky real quick, hey, listen, I'm all for Becky. I think it's cool what she's doing. She definitely has to crowd on her back. But this whole comparison of Stone Cold, it's getting to the point, Jeff, for me at least, where it's so close to comparison where you're just, you're matching now everything that Stone Cold does and that Becky is going to do the exact same thing. So to me, now, you're just following and copying something that Stone it's, it's Cold did. It's a good blueprint, though. It's a good blueprint, but again, with a blueprint, it's something you look at and you try to mirror, but you don't follow it word for word or step for step. I mean, that's not the case. If you want to make it your own, that's not what you're doing. And I feel right now all they're doing is just copying the Stone Cold blueprint to a T. And to me, at least for me, it's like, okay, now now you're just trying to be Stone Cold. You're not being Becky Lynch anymore. You're not, you're not the man. You're, you're, you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, well, we'll get to Becky Lynch in a second, but here's my two cents on Dave Batista. I don't mind Batista coming back. He wants to have one last run. He really wasn't too thrilled about the outcome of how it ended at WrestleMania 30 because there's no, you know, he wanted to go as kind of a baby face. And, of course, the WWE crowd didn't, uh, you know, you know, didn't go along for the ride. They didn't accept and, him. As yeah, a and, baby I think, face. and then at the end of the day, Batista knew it wasn't going to work, and you know he wanted to do the heel turn. So now he's going in as a heel, and Triple H is going in as the baby face. You're right. After watching Triple H at uh, Crown Jewel, it really was like, okay, you know, this could be the best thing that happened for Triple H. He misses WrestleMania, you know, and then you know because let me tell you something, the Crown Jewel. I have not even gone back to it and watched that. And you're talking about huh. Shawn Michaels' return and Undertaker and Kane coming back, you know, as a tag team. It was so much, but if it was only like maybe five or ten years ago, now not so much. So I didn't even go back to Crown Jewel. So that's how much, you know, you know, that 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 event left a better taste in everyone's mouths, especially mine. And so listen, if Batista wants to come back and they want to do final run, uh, that's fine. Am I looking forward to a Batista versus Triple H? Not so much. But if they're going to do it, then that's fine. If that's going to happen, don't expect to be a Batista Triple H from 20 years ago. Oh, no. Expect to be way what different. it's going to be. It's going it, to... You're not going to see the animal Dave Batista ever again. That's no, just not possible. No. Just like when Goldberg came back, like he cannot look that way again. Yeah. It's just physically impossible. To or, to, or, to, or to move. Because, you know, Father Time is undefeated. We don't know how much... You know, Batista's over 50 years old now. So he's in yeah. his 50s. So. But again, if Batista wants to come back, that's fine but then though if you're thinking of like trying to push another guy they want to create opportunities what did you see like a younger guy trying to get Triple H's attention you know and how would it work so much better if you have maybe a young guy and I'm just going to say like a guy because I've been reading different types of guys that they were saying wouldn't it be great if this guy were to get Triple H's attention that hasn't been used in the back like if it was an Apollo Crews or if it was somebody else that was seeking that attention I think it would have been I think it would have worked too so I'm you know I'm not saying that that's my idea but I'm saying it would be great if someone in the back who is kind of going unnoticed and wanting to get that attention. How how much better would it be Triple H elevating another guy in the back at WrestleMania? That would have worked well too. Look, from a storyline standpoint, English if I can speak it, from a storyline standpoint, <laughs> uh, it makes sense in terms of why you're trying to do this because and I'm not trying to be fantasy booker here, Jeff, but it, it kind of it's playing itself out where, you know, Dave's not going to do this. This seems to be like a one-off for him. Yeah, it's just and one so what better like. way to do it than have Triple H defeat him, yeah. beat him at WrestleMania, to finally get his vindication because he's never beaten him before in his career. That's good. That puts more value back on Triple H because he's had been on a very 
very close, very lengthy losing streak at WrestleMania. Oh, he's and done that's, the favor a lot and that's for meant, WrestleMania. He's done exactly, the favor, and that's yeah. meant to do the favor for somebody else. But here's the thing, Jeff. Once you start continually losing, let's talk about the streak like like The Undertaker, right? When you constantly keep winning, how does that eventually help you? Because eventually, if Triple H consecutively loses at WrestleMania over and over again, and he's going to work with Paul Cruz, I know he's Triple H, and I know people be like, well, you know, he's still Triple H. That's value enough. Okay, but if you're showcasing the fact that you're getting up there and Father Time, like you mentioned, is undefeated, how important is that for a guy like Apollo Crews? It's still important, to be- Trent it's the, I, I I totally understand how many losses it until it, it, it tarnishes. It's easy the to image. say about a guy like Triple H, but like, look at Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He wasn't moving well at Crown Jewel, and like if Shawn Michaels faced an AJ Styles or not even AJ Styles faced a, a younger guy, it wouldn't do it a service because you could tell Shawn Michaels is not Shawn Michaels anymore. Triple H is not the cerebral assassin, in my opinion. He's not the game. Uh, not taking anything away from his age and what he looks like, he stumbles really well. But again, the the mirror of what he once was is nothing compared to what he is now. So that's my issue about it. So I understand why they put him in, in with Dave Batista, but uh, again, it's, it reaches the point, Jeff, where I feel the Stodjacks have to kind of put their their move move away from each other because the only other time I could see Trubich coming back for one more, besides working for a young guy, it would be with The Rock, and who knows if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, so very true. But again, Dave Batista, you know, made his return. Obviously, he was a central figure. Uh, Ric Flair was a central figure. Uh, his birthday celebration to be the guy, you know, sa- the sacrificial lamb for uh, the whole thing. And you know, we will see what happens now between uh, Batista and Triple H. But more than likely, you'll see that at WrestleMania. As far as Becky Lynch goes, you know, I'm the proponent saying that you know what a a, a good plot would be now would be to have a and this would have been my idea for if they had ever signed the Bullet Club. You know, talking about Kenny Omega, Cody, and the Bucks would be a takeover. And, you know, no one's ever done that NWO takeover. I mean, WWE tried to do the invasion, but it fell flat. Um, and Vince is not a guy that's going to let the company, WWE, ever uh, be in danger, or ever taking a hit, or ever jobbing, or doing the favors for, a, you know, a group of outsiders. So that won't happen. But as far as Becky Lynch and the and the Stone Cold comparisons, uh, I don't mind the similarities. But what, to me, I'm finding really difficult is there's so many twists and turns for the Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, and Becky Lynch. So they're kind of justifying the reason of Charlotte being in there. So I'm like, listen, let's not try and reinvent the wheel here. You want to make a triple threat match? Let's do the triple threat match. But I think Ronda Rousey kind of dropping the title in front of, uh, well, laying down the title in front of Stephanie McMahon and vacating it until they get Becky Lynch in there. I don't think that Becky Lynch should have been suspended to begin with because I think there's already that that passion that the, the fans wanting her to win, I don't think that they should have added that suspension. It's tough to get her back in. How are they going to get her back in? And now Ronda Rousey now is the one laying down the title, you know, kind of vacating it. And now Charlotte looks to take that back next week. She wants to be crowned the champion. We'll see what happens. But I think it's just too many twists and turns for something that's so easy to book. I know they wanted to justify Charlotte being there, but they don't really have to justify her being there. If you want to do a triple threat match, as much as we wanted to see the one-on-one between Ronda and Becky, I have no problem with Charlotte. She deserves it. She is part of the women's revolution. Revolution. But don't you think they're taking too many twists and turns in this whole uh, main event here for the women's championship, the Raw Women's Championship? I think the reason why they're doing it, and maybe you're 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 very uh, you know no- notably uh, annoyed by it, which I am as well, is is they're trying to make it as unpredictable as possible. They don't want you to be all set of thinking this is going to happen. It's going to be a triple threat match. Although that's something that we kind of guessed and figured out was going to happen a while back ago, especially when Becky Lynch was starting to gain that momentum when everybody thought the main event was going to be Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. 
Becky Lynch, you know, with to to no one to nobody's surprise to us in terms of she was starting to gain that momentum, turns heel, starts getting that love from the audience because it's something they've always wanted to see from her. And now the twist and turns going around to me is just storyline driven because again they don't want you to think you're going to know the ending. We ultimately know all three of them are going to be put together. Now the ultimate ultimate ultimatum's been put out there because you know and, and again you know I'm sure there are a lot of Ronda Rousey lovers out there I know a couple <laughs> of them that just worship the ground she walks on in terms of that's a killer promo she's delivered it hey there's no doubt in my mind Jeff that she has passion and love for wrestling because she's been a wrestling fan for her whole life so there's no I don't question that especially her in ring has gotten better but in terms of her delivery for promos her timing of getting the point across. Hey, I stutter on my words too, but here's the thing. I can go back and redo it. When you're in front of a live audience, it's a lot. editing. Exactly. I do a lot of editing myself too, believe it or not. And uh, I can go back and do that. Rhonda can't. And when she's talking over the audience or she's trying to quickly say her dialogue, her, her lines fast and the dialogue she's having with Stephanie, it just loses it. It makes, it more, makes me want to shake my head like, oh, my God. You have, you have an ability to have a moment here and really make it significant. And now everybody else seems to be kind of, you know, uh, trying to plug in holes in terms of, okay, she's not the good at it, so we're going to have to embellish our reactions more. You know, for the mere fact that she says you don't own me, in reality, she does. Uh, Stephanie May does own you, uh, Ronda Rousey, because she is your boss. You signed a contract. You're not anything special in terms of, you know, you're not Brock Lesnar. is, And that's the thing, too. They're trying to build Ronda Rousey as if she's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is an exception. Brock Lesnar can do and say what he wants to do because ultimately he can pick up his ball and go home with it and that's no problem. He can even throw a title. If you can throw a title at Vince McMahon <laughs> and not get fired for it, that just shows how much stroke, how much leverage you have in the company. Ronda Rousey, to me, isn't that type of uh, persona, isn't that type of personality. She wants to claim herself to be the baddest woman. You're not in that echelon, in my opinion. But that being said, we all know it's going to happen. The ultimate ultimatum here. It's going to it's going to do. It. And then you ask me, how is Becky Lynch going to be taken off her suspension? Well, here's your answer. The ultimatum put out. The title on line. Ronda Rousey won't defend it anymore. She wipes her hands from the women's title because it needs to mean more than just being the title. According to Ronda, she's going to come in on her white hat on her white horse, be the good guy, and do it for its best for business. Right? Do what's right. She's going to try really, really hard and be so nice and be so respectful. And this isn't really Ronda Rousey to begin with. Anyway, she's not that type of person. But this is what's ultimately going to happen. We're going to have the triple threat match. These twists and turns. Or just to, to me, space fillers, Jeff, it's going to happen. We're going to get our answer next week with, with Charlotte, her wanting to be crowned the new women's champion, and Ronda comes back. So does Becky, and eventually happens where they have to work in terms of Triple H and Stephanie going over their father. So that develops a nice dynamic there in terms of Triple H, Stephanie, and their power over Vince. Because Vince is going to do the exact opposite of what they want to do. And that's really, to me... The main storyline will Triple H and Stephanie have more control and more power to to undo the veto which Vince McMahon has done. Guys, High Spot Podcast is on iTunes. Leave a five star rating. We're on Spreaker and as well also on iHeartRadio and you know tune in everywhere where podcasts are available. Make sure to, li- to listen to us there. Also on the Cheap Hops Podcast Network and Shining Wizards and B Plus Player Radio. We're everywhere. Check out the High Spot Podcast YouTube channel. It is up and running. Like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell whenever we upload new videos. Plus, you can catch uh, videos from High Spot Podcast miniseries Adventures with the Trendsetter. Definitely want to check that out as well. Trendsetter, we were talking about, uh, you know, maybe WWE right now is with their 
you know, creativity. They're kind of going different directions. But a story that really caught my eye was the return, well, you know, of Bruce Pritchard to a very prominent role in creative. We see, we saw a lot of firings this past week. We saw Ty Dillinger given his release. We saw Arn Anderson, which was surprising. He was given his release. Uh, we saw T.J. Perkins, and we saw Hideo Tommy. That was a long time coming as you knew well. That was gonna yeah, happen, we knew yeah. that, but. You know, a lot of people leaving, uh, it's got to be just that normal circle of life here because the more influx of people coming in, the more you got to let go. A lot of people, you know, were disgruntled. But how surprised were you with Arn Anderson being let go? Obviously, the rumors are, and again, they're just rumors and innuendo, whether that something happened during a house show. Vince wasn't really too fond of Arn Anderson the last year or so. And one thing led to another. There was a little bit of an escalation, a little bit of a heated exchange, which led to Arn Anderson's firing. A little surprised that that happened. And uh, also Bruce Pritchard back in the fold now with WWE. Kind of WWE is kind of looking to the past because there is some problems with creative and the direction. And obviously there is a thing called AEW now where a lot of wrestlers feel that they have options now. And WWE is trying to you know fix that and keep the wrestlers from going over there. Just it's a very very weird week as far as that, right? Uh, that's that's a loaded question right there. Yeah, it's been that's very. A, weird. That, that, I don't know. How, I don't know how to answer that question. I, I, I asked you're it. You're throwing it to me because uh, you're you expecting me to answer it, and with my bad English and being able to <laughs> mispronounce words and create words on my own, my own thesaurus. Just go. With I'll it, do my best exactly, and I'll keep it as simple as I possibly can because we tend to over talk myself to the point where I don't make any sense either. But let's get to the talent pool. You, you, we spoke about this a couple weeks ago, Jeff, right? The rich keep getting richer. We've noticed the new talent pool that WWE has, has gotten as part of the Performance Center, part of NXT, and, and going to be developing now in terms of what moves are going to be made on the new roster. Because we've seen some call-ups from NXT now. They're on the main roster. Ricochet, Aleister Black, to name a few. And, uh, you know, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. So they're up there. So there's spaces and spots open now in NXT for people to step up. In terms of people being let go, I think that's just the nature of the business. And also, I think part of it, in my own opinion, might be that WWE is kind of fed up. They're like, okay, where can we you know, cut our losses here? Because we can't keep everybody, although they probably could financially keep everybody. It doesn't make sense to do that when you're, you know, they're already nickel-diming on, on pyro, you know, and, and <laughs> trying to make sure that, yeah. you know, they're filling up that catering. You can only fill up that catering for so much, right, Jeff? Um you have to cut your losses. People want to be let go. People want to leave. Okay, let's clean this slate. Guys, go on your way. As for someone like Garn Anderson, um, again, you just mentioned the rumors, but I can only take those rumors for what they are. But ultimately, with anything, sometimes when you've been with an industry or company for so long, it's time for things to change on both parties. And to bring Bruce Pritchard back... You know, to well, me, you the, know. The, the biggest blow on that is the mere fact of what's the future now hold for the podcast he has with Conrad Thompson, something to wrestle with. Now, where does that go? Is that done? Do you bring somebody else in? He's, those are the questions I want to answer, not the reason of why he got hired. I want to know what's going on with that podcast. Is he going to be there? Because we know what happened when they did their, their, their couple of their episodes. I didn't watch any of them, to be honest with you, on the WWE Network. I heard it was a watered-down it, version. It, you know what the it's thing is? It's very watered-down. WWE didn't have any restrictions. But I'm so used to sitting there and listening to the audio. They really to go to the network and watch it and, and see something they may have delved into. Yeah, okay. I really didn't see the pictures of it, but um, you know, I, I just love, I'm just as a fan. I just love downloading it and yeah. listening to it on the radio and or falling asleep to something to Fall wrestle with. To That's it. how sad that I fall asleep to 83 weeks and uh, something to wrestle with. And uh, you know, but yeah, it's it's very interesting too. But there's also the fact that Conrad Thompson 
might also be part of the whole signing. What exactly he's going to do? I'll tell you what, though, he would be an asset into in the very near mere fact that you know. Let's be honest, WWE access sucks. And the point is, we went to StarCast last year, and the accessibility of the wrestlers, and 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 new concepts, and and new forums, and those different things where you had you know panels of certain events that happened uh, in wrestling history. I think Conrad is great with that. I don't know if he would take a job to be an organizer of events for like an access. Are you kidding me? He almost killed himself and ripped his hair <laughs> out for doing StarCast and All In yeah. uh, to do do access. That's a bigger a, a bigger thing to you know put pieces together. But that- more people and staff to work it but the thing is though uh, it would be very interesting to see if Conrad signs with WWE because of course he signed with WWE to do the podcast on yeah. the network but there's also rumors going around that he's been kind of radio silent for the last week or so because there is a chance that uh, Conrad Thompson is part of that WWE signing so that could be interesting too but how does that work though with his his association with a, uh, AEW. He's though. not associated with AEW. It, it, the, the no, they, is, they bring him along to yeah. do those those pressers, and you know he was a huge part of of Starcast for All In in Chicago. Now, if this so, is what you're talking about, then he's not going to be organized. So it. this, so this is how this is what, as far as Conrad stated before, is that. Starcast is a separate entity. It's like a WrestleCon. Now, WrestleCon takes over WrestleMania weekend with the rest with the wrestlers that co- that go into the the hotels. This year, I think it's at the uh, at the Marriott in New York, or very close to where we work at, actually. And um, oh, that's the Hilton. It's the Hilton. It's the Hilton. Yeah. Okay, so it's the Hilton. And so what he does is a separate entity. Yes, he is friendly with the Khan family, but he has he says he's never received a check from AEW. He says he's when he's flown in to do these things, he's flown in on his own dime. Okay. So he's flown into Jacksonville. He's doing it as a favor because he's buddies with Tony Khan. He really has no affiliation with AEW. Yes, he's friends with Cody and them, but he doesn't really you know collect the paycheck from them. Starcast is a separate entity. That's why you remember you're telling me how do these guys get to go. It's not that they're going. It's not like uh, for example. Uh, let's say Shane Sugar, uh, Shane Helms, who's a producer now, he's going to Starcast. He will be signing there, but he's not doing a AEW event. Starcast is a convention, so that okay. is how WWE allows them to go. So that is the whole story there. But uh, Bruce Pritchard, do you think that Vince is going wait? too much in the past because the thing with Bruce is and listen when we met him he's a really good guy and very entertaining very fun loving and you know a huge part of WB history in the 90s and early 2000s but do you think Vince going back to Bruce Pritchard kind of maybe has a divide now with Triple H because let's talk about this whole thing and, and this is why we haven't been on in a, in a while so there's so many things to delve nothing into. to do they were dead tired <laughs> no there's so much thing to delve into is because you know Triple H is taking the hit for Lars Sullivan because if you all know, Lars Sullivan was supposed to uh, debut with all these call-ups and how sad is it that some of these call-ups aren't working out already, but he's taking the hit for that because, of course, he suffered an anxiety attack. Uh, WWE's more... Uh, Lars Sullivan's dealing with his own personal issues exactly. right now and that, that, that reflects bad on Triple H. Because yes. he was the one that pushed him to get called up. So Vince was all, all for it. He was supposed to get a huge push and now not so much. He's taking the brunt of it. Bruce Pritchard comes in. He was known as Vince's right-hand man. Does this put a little uh, hurting on the relationship between Triple H and Vince McMahon? Because, of course, you talked about the call-ups. That's another thing, too. Triple H was not aware, was not being known that four of his top guys from NXT, four of the guys is building blocks from NXT, were going to get called up that Monday night in Lafayette, Louisiana, which Lafayette, Louisiana, you had to do a better job there of, uh, of just being a good crowd because you guys were awful. But Trendsetter, just like, do you, th- <laughs> do you think You're this whole awful. Bruce Pritchard uh, hiring puts a little, you know, divide in the relationship between Hunter and uh, Vince? 
that I don't know because it's been a long time since so I've spoken to Triple H myself, Jeff. Oh, really? And, he, has, uh, he has a yeah. good terms? Nah, you know, he hasn't re- returned my text messages. You know, and I can understand he's busy, so I don't take it personally. No, but ultimately, Jeff, I don't know because, you know, when we heard certain rumors of an article of that, that Vince McMahon, I'm not trying to sidetrack this here, but real quick, Vince McMahon was trying to bury these NXT call-ups just because he wanted to do them. He wanted to bury them and see if they could swim their way back up the top. And that could be some, you know, you know, uh, some heated uh, interactions between him and Triple H. Ultimately, business is business, Jeff. And, you know, when you ask me the question, does it make sense to bring back somebody like a Bruce Pritchard? Well, the thing with him is, yeah, he might be quote-unquote old school. But here's the thing, Jeff. How many times have you and I, and we've spoken to certain, you know, talent on the show, reporters, guests we've had on the show, and just, you know, people we've interacted with who, you know, who follow us and support what we do here in the High Spot Podcast, talk about, oh, man, I remember back at this time. And it's all in the past. Yeah. And Bruce was an integral part of, I wouldn't say he's responsible for all of it, but was part of that storyline base. So if you want to make things better and make wrestling more realistic, because it was very realistic back during the Attitude Era, and I know that's something that's never going to happen again. I've accepted it. I've made my peace with it. But if you want to make it as authentic as that, then bring somebody like Bruce in, it's worth a shot. It's worth a try to see if magic or lightning can strike twice. He, I'm sure he has some ideas, but ultimately, you know, when you look at what he did with TNA and that didn't work itself out, I get it. I understand the, the you know, people being very, um, you know, kind of uneasy in terms of why are you bringing him back? It's like you're bringing back an old player, an old GM from an old team. And like, we know their philosophy. They're, they're so, it's so, the, the game is passing them by. Why, they, why are you bringing them back? Ultimately, I think it's going to be a good thing in the short term. Long term wise, I don't know. And, and and in terms of how much you know that's going to be bump, you know, rub Triple H or stuff the wrong way. Ultimately, it's business. You have to get over it. And ultimately, in the end of the day, Jeff, I know it's not going to happen anytime soon. But eventually, at one point, Vince will leave. He will step down as as the the owner and the, who run WWE, and then we'll see what happens there. Because I still think that Triple H and Stephanie have a huge grip on it. But right now. Vince is in control, and this is what he wants to do. If you would have said five years ago that Bruce Pritchard is returning, uh, I, I would say not a majority of the wrestling fans would know who it would be because they were, probably wouldn't put a uh, face to the name. But now with the success of Bruce Pritchard, now with him being this podcast, having the number one podcast, award-winning podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And for him to come back, the fans are going to be rooting for it, and it's going to add more more notoriety to who's in creative for WWE. There'll I be think more this, pressure on Bruce. Oh, definitely. Uh, but I think he can do it. Yeah, I think he's done it before. I, you can tell when he... When you listen to the show, he still has the itch to get back and do it. Yeah, uh, he was doing MLW uh, for a little bit uh, as well, so he has that knack. Uh, he has the experience, so I can't blame Vince if he wants to do it. Do I think that Bruce is going to be a yes man? I don't know. He's got that. There, there are those uh, people, you know, not 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 fans of him that called him Vince's yes man. Yeah. But y- you got to go with you know. With the with his track record, he's got a very impressive resume. What's the hot commodity right now in terms of Bruce previously working for WWE, and now you're seeing the success he has on the podcast and the ideas he has and how he breaks things down? There's no doubt when this happened, one of two things or two things simultaneously happened. Jeff, fans were shocked yeah. and now wondering what's going to happen with something to wrestle with, but also maybe some were also excited, like, "Wow, Bruce now is going to go back. Cool, now he's going to finally bring the ideas that we all talk about and we all want to see." Back to the main front, and hopefully get you know they get um, you know transported over to WWE programming. So that's the hope from the wrestling fan that you know the programs and the storylines are going to get better than what they are now. Because right now, 
we talked about WrestleMania. There's only a few storylines we're talking about right now, and we're getting closer to April, believe it or not, and nothing's been built up yet. That's kind of scary. No, not scary, but that's kind of a sad thing to see right now. Your whole thing is being based off the Women's Championship and Brock and Seth right now. Uh, you're right about the embarrassment of riches that WWE has right now. Uh, I think Bruce's first day back was Raw, and I think he's overseeing both shows, and I think that you're seeing a little bit better quality as far as like promos they're still trying to squish a lot of matches into three hours and three hours isn't enough time now right because you only saw like 10 minutes of the whole Ric Flair someone you're thinking you know 10 more minutes whatever so they're falling short on time but I think that the shows have been a little bit better Smackdown to me this past uh, Thursday with Kevin Owens returning and, and give credit to Kevin Owens Kevin Owens looks slim he looks in good health and good shape and now he's taking on uh, Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, we were thinking, well, this is Kofi Mania. You know, how, you know, if it's not Kofi, then who's going to challenge Daniel Bryan? And you, and you, and you slot uh, Kevin Owens into that position. Earlier than we thought, though. We thought it was going to be something maybe exactly, for WrestleMania. Exactly. Now it's getting so, ready for Fastlane. Exactly. So we thought that Kofi would at least get his match at Fastlane. Now we're not even going to see that. So all I'm going to say is that... We didn't know that yet, but yeah, yeah ultimately I'll, we're not going to see it. I'm not going to say it was a masterpiece draw in SmackDown. But to me, you could tell that the changes were being made there, and I think that you could see the difference. Been, you, basically, you could see the difference. I, I'm not going to say it was an eight plus show, far from it. But you could see that you could see that if you're wondering, huh, I wonder who's you know who's directing that. It just seems like Bruce had a hand in it. So I think it's good for the short term. We'll see what happens in the long term. Yeah. Uh, trendsetter, uh, and of course, uh, we were talking about Starcast real quick. Undertaker and Vince McMahon kind of. You know, he's kind of taking all that WWE stuff out of his uh, social media. He's taking bookings. So if you can afford him, you know, 25, you. 25 grand an hour, uh, he will be at StarCast. Mr. Man, not too happy. Do you think there's any, like, dis- you know, maybe dissent going on between Vince and, and Taker? Uh, because now he's more open to taking bookings. I honestly think, Trent, that he was not a fan of Crown Jewel Saudi Arabia. I mean, you know, you take the money, you're going to go. But I just don't think he was a huge fan of the way the way it all ended, and I think that right now he wants to distance himself away from WWE a little bit and go on his own because he's never really truly, besides the WWE, besides the WCW days, he's never truly been on his own without the WWE. Yeah, and you know at this stage in his career, Jeff, and you would think, oh, if you're going to test the waters, you test it out a little bit, a little bit further past your prime. Right now, you know. Uh, Undertaker is really kind of more, and, and I say this with all due respect, in the twilight of his career. So, uh, I mean, if this is the perfect time to do it, why not? He's, he's a huge name. Everybody knows him in professional wrestling, so he's got his name to always back him up and everything he's accomplished. In terms of Vince, you know, from from Taker's standpoint, I could see maybe he didn't like the way he's been used the last couple times, and, and especially when you're, for example, an athlete or somebody of significance in a prominent role, when you start seeing you know, the, the light at the end of that tunnel, you start seeing that the end is coming near, the last thing you want to start doing, I'm not saying you're not, not putting people over or not doing a job for somebody, but I'm saying when you start seeing that you know, the main focus isn't you or that the thought process and the time that's taken to help develop something for you isn't there anymore, you start feeling a resentful. You start feeling, hey, I've been doing this for so long, and now, now you guys don't have anything for me. You're giving me this kind of stuff, which isn't good quality. Then you start saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to move somewhere else because it's clear here that I'm not wanted or I'm not looked at as a commodity anymore for you in terms of to make money. Okay, I'll go somewhere else. For Vince, this is what I find surprising more than anything, Jeff, when things like this happen, especially with Jericho, right, and how like Vince can be – I'm not saying he is, but you know, 
rumors always go that Vince can be very vindictive or be very resentful when people do something like that. But in my mind, I'm always like, okay, well, how many how many years did they work for your company? How much money did they make for your company? You know, it's a business. It's a living. They're trying to, you know, support their families or, you know, support themselves. So you just want them to sit on the sidelines until you want them at some point, if you do. And then that's it, basically. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So if, if Vince feels a sense of resentment or anger or disappointment towards Taker, I don't know why. Because if you didn't want that to happen then you would use him or figure out a way of using him to a, to a degree and same thing with Jericho if if you if you, you felt bad he was doing New Japan dates you're okay with one and then he comes with the second and third and then you know Jericho goes on this podcast talks about how he had certain ideas of what he wanted to do coming back for the uh, you know Intercontinental Champion versus Intercontinental Champion and Vince is a no against those well, it's doesn't Vince's respond way back. The highway. it's I his mean, way it's but again highway. at the same time I don't understand from, from what people say how he could be mad or upset it's a business you have all these other toys to play with, but you still you want your old toys sitting back there because, you know, when the day comes, Jeff, for the time to throw them away, in a sense, oh, I don't want to because you come sentimental yeah, for it. But it's, it, it makes it's no sense to me. But it's different, though, with Taker. That's his creation. I don't think he'd ever get tired of the Taker, uh, Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like him and Kane. He it's up for debate, Kane. though, Jeff. It's yeah. up for debate. Here's the thing, Jeff. It can be your creation, right? And this goes back to what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Yes, it's Vince's creation, but... It takes two to make it work, and you know it you can't just put anybody. Right. Exactly, you can't put just anybody in that role. It had to be Mark Calloway to do that role, and for the commitment he had as a as a as, a, as an individual, as a human being, to make that character work for him alongside Vince. That's why it's successful. So this whole thing, Jeff, when you throw out, oh, it's his creation. Okay, it's your idea, but at the same time, somebody did something with it, and so. How much money did it make for you? Now you're upset the fact that you know it's going else, it's going somewhere else. Then if it was that important to you, you should have kept it. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting dynamic, and it's a real coup for Conrad whether he's still with Starcast by the time this comes out, or we find out that I am so jealous of Conrad Thompson right now, he married is, to a beautiful woman. You know, is it was working alongside AEW, and now uh, you know do, might be working with WWE. You know, and Jeff's just shaking his head because he says he wishes you in the same scenario too. And we've well, met, you know. we've met Conrad's beautiful wife too. She is gorgeous, and like, dude, who could be on a on a better scenario and a better mountain right now than Conrad Thompson? I mean, he's married to a flair. He's doing, you know, he's got his mortgage company, which is amazing. Lives in the uh, the Conradison, which is an amazing uh, estate in Birmingham, Alabama. Gets to do wrestling for a living as well, too. My life is good for Mr. Conrad Thompson. So uh, we love him, and I hope to get him on the show uh, soon. We'll see what happens if he signs with WWE or not. But uh, yeah, we bring him on quicker sooner yeah. than later. And uh, you know, so uh, you know, all that going on. Was, was that added in there? What you know. Well, or you subconsciously, know. you just said that. Uh, subconsciously, now okay. it's in my head. Now. Well, well, you know. Well, you know. Moving on. High Spot Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. It is an apparel brand founded by Al Snow, mixing wrestling passion with street fashion. Check out the entire winter fashion line, which, you know, hopefully winter's coming to a close pretty soon. Oh, it includes God. brand new long sleeve shirts and hoodies. You got to go to Collar and elbowbrand.com save 10% on your entire online purchase just by entering promo code high spot podcast all in caps make sure you go there of course bodyslam.net check out our articles and the high spot podcast on there every fridays uh catch a brand new episode of our show and to close things out transitor congratulations go out to the honky talk man he is the next inductee into this year's 2019 WWE hall of fame long overdue Long overdue, he's going to be shake, rattle, and roll in his way 
to the Hall of Fame, and you know he he hasn't he hasn't been quiet in terms of how what he feels about the company. He, he has for a certain himself. people for himself, but uh, ultimately, you know, being the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, you and longest I have talked reigning. with the longest reigning, yeah, four hundred fifty-four days. According to Honky Tonk, he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, mm-hmm. but uh, ultimately, uh, well deserved for him. Uh, it's funny when we see things like this, again, talking about WrestleMania, being very nostalgic to see Honky Tonk Man. It just feels right, and it feels like that chapter can be close. Because, you know, He's no question to you, Hall of Famer? To me, he is. Yeah. To me, he is, because in terms of his, his, his... To me, what a Hall of Famer is, Jeff, right now, is, is at least currently what I think people are talking about, is your significance to the business. And, you know... Honky Tonk Man was more well known for WWE. He did, I don't think he really did anything after his career was done with WWE. Uh, but some WCW and you know, some of those stuff. things too. Yeah. But when you talk about the Intercontinental Championship, uh, at least for me, one of two things always come up: Pat Patterson being the first ever Intercontinental Champion, and then the Honky Tonk Man being the longest reigning. And if that one thing has set you in terms of always being remembered, then you've made your mark in this industry. And it's really hard, especially Jeff, when things get you know copied over and people always emulating themselves and doing this and that, and you get lost in the shuffle. You talk about countless times here on the High Spot podcast. When you remember for one particular thing, th- that makes you special in this industry. Yeah, plus, they had one of the, one of the best matches, uh, maybe not for his career, but one of those memorable matches at SummerSlam where he lost to Ultimate Warrior in 10 yeah. seconds. That ended his, his title reign for the IC Championship. But when I think of IC titles, I, I, his run to me is one of them that I think of. But when the IC title was at its most prestigious, was between I would say '88 and all the way to like maybe '92 when he had Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, uh, you know, m- you know, Mister Perfect, Honky Tonk. I could put him in that car- in that category. Uh, Bret. Yeah, I mean, but when you think of those guys other than the Honky Tonk, you think of the, the great workers, the workhorses yes. too. But I think I think Honky Tonk before that happened, that transition that, that transition occurred when Warrior beat him, and then we start seeing the guys like Shawn, Bret, Perfect, yeah. all those guys, Rapture and Rick Rude. Uh, I think there's a transition period here where like he was just I think really very underrated for yeah. for, what, for what he could do in the ring, but also I think very overlooked and not appreciated in terms of what he what he developed as a character. You just you wanted to see somebody beat the Honky Tonk Man so bad, yeah, great heel. and he kept winning, and that made you just buy a ticket to see him lose again. What about that guitar shot excited. to uh, Jake the Snake Roberts? Oh my God! You know, Jake still talks about that in terms that of what he remembers. That was sick, man. But he was the first one that I can remember, Jeff, that did the 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 the, the shattering of the guitar in somebody's head. So Jeff Jarrett has to thank uh, Honky Tonk Man for that. Yep. And trendsetter, we already kind of were talking about the G1 Supercard, and now we might have our first official match, uh, unofficial official matchup between Winner Take All, the Briscoes, and uh, Girls of Destiny. Looking forward to Ooh. that, man. That is a great first match if that's the one that's announced. And uh, looking forward to the G1 Supercard in general. It's going to be history making. It's going to be history making, but you know what? With with those two teams, uh, Madison Square Garden better get some insurance because they're going to uh-huh. be breaking down that building. I mean, I couldn't so, think of so two... much respect for the Briscoes, man. Oh yeah, and and, uh, and obviously you know not just that, but but both teams respect yeah. for both of them because they are guys that are hard hitting. They make it a fight. You know, we talk about, or I've spoken about how much I love tag team wrestling, Jeff, and the science and the, and the psychology. The, the psychology for, for the Briscoes and uh, Tamatanga and Tangaloa is the fact that these guys are just going to beat the living hell out of each other, and it's going to be amazing. And so much respect goes out, like you said, to both of those guys because they do it and they love it and they're passionate. And ultimately, ultimately, more than that, as intimidating as they are, 
They're the nicest guys in the world. But don't tell them that I said that because they'll, they'll kill me. And then, folks, if wrestling's not going to take more of your money, SummerSlam Travel Package is will go on sale March the 5th. It is in Toronto this year. So, you know, you'll have your different oh packages. God. You'll have, uh, you know, you have your TakeOver Toronto. You'll, ha- you'll have your uh, event on Sunday, which is SummerSlam. This year is in Canada. Can't so keep up, Jeff. Travel Packages will be on sale on W.com starting March 5th. And then, of course, news, kind of we already known, but uh, unofficially, officially, WrestleMania next year looks to be in Tampa, Florida. Man, Florida, you say Florida, I cannot wait. I am already looking forward to the sun in Tampa. Never been to Tampa Bay and looking forward to that. We've been to Miami. We've been yeah, to been Orlando. Miami. Looks like we're going to Tampa Bay. Let's see what happens. A lot can happen and change in the year, Jeff, but ultimately... I had a huge sign of relief when Jeff texted me. Tampa was like, nice thank answer, goodness, but, you know. because well, unlike Jeff, I have a lot of things to do. Jeff just likes to stay by the cell phone. When, when is Brian going to answer his text? When is he going to call me back? How come he's replied to this email? Jeff, I'm sorry, but I have a life outside of this, and you are probably the very last on the list of priorities I worry about. But well, ultimately, glad, yeah. I don't. I'm so happy and relieved that it's not in Minnesota. People were rumoring it's oh, going yeah. to be there. The last thing I need to do is deal with this cold weather and deal with Jeff in the cold weather. Enough here in the, in the metropolitan area, New York, New Jersey. I don't want to deal with it in Minnesota. So a nice little two-hour flight here for the metropolitan area next year. Ooh. So it's going to be nice, man. Here in Jersey, uh, at well, you know, Jersey, New York. Uh, it's Jersey. WrestleMania. Yeah. And then, of course, two-hour flight to Tampa Bay. Looking forward to it. Never been there. Looking forward to um, that event as well. Trendsetter. It's funny. Our trip to Vegas. Guys, we were watching a uh, – um, when you're sitting down in the seats, either there's like a TV in front of you and you have to pay to kind of watch channels. But before I did that, eventually, there is this loop of, you know, places to eat in Tampa Bay and things to do. So we've already kind of gotten our intro oh, in terms of stuff to do that. in Tampa yeah. Bay. Remember downtown, uptown Tampa. So we kind of have a little little cheat sheet now of what we want to do down there. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Great food. Looks like a great atmosphere. And, uh, again, Florida is one big state. Yeah, and, guys, when this episode comes out on Friday uh, – at noon, please check our social media because there's a huge announcement for the High Spot Podcast. Where exactly we will be uh, the day of WrestleMania? It's a great announcement. So at noon on all social media, you will find out what we are doing, where we will be. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking about that on next week's show. But guys, just want to remember we're on the Cheap Pops Podcast Network. It is Brian Fritz's baby. Between the Ropes is the flagship show, and it drops every Wednesday. Check us out on Fridays. And of course, we're on BodySlam.net. Follow us on all our social media. Go to Facebook.com slash HighSpotPodcast. Go to Twitter and Instagram at HighSpotPodcast. Go to HighSpotPodcast.com. Check us out on the website. Up to date on everything going on with us. And, of course, the YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, damn it. The uh, trendsetter is really working hard with uh, his show on there. So definitely Pun so, intended. Much, so much to look for. <laughs> Good one, trendsetter. So definitely so much going on. We are towards WrestleMania season. Got a lot here covered. Next week we will uh, kind of go back to the old format here, get a guest on. But there's just so much wrestling news, trendsetter, that we have to get to and discuss. So you're going to get some of these episodes heading into WrestleMania where we have so much to talk about. So uh, another great show, trendsetter. Looking forward to being on the road. We're just we're right there, fast lane, and boom, WrestleMania before you know it. And uh, looking forward to a tremendous next couple weeks. There is no resting period for the Jersey Wrecking Crew, guys. And you've been listening to the iSpot Podcast. So for my tag team partner, Jeff Martin, the scoundrel, I am the trendsetter, Brian Berger. Thank it's you, guys. It's going to take a while to get used to that. It's going to take a while. I mean, the hairdo is going. He's, 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 he's growing the man bun. He's been committed to it. I must applaud Jeff because... 
he really commits to anything. Now he's committing to the hair, and you know it's 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 coming. It's 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 getting there. It's getting there, Jeff. So you know, in maybe, my late thirties, I figured I'd commit to something, right? You know, there you go. Why not? Why not? I haven't. So this is why I am right now doing this podcast with you, Jeff. So that's what happens when you don't commit, guys. So start committing to things. Very important. But you've been listening to the Last Spot Podcast, guys. We'll catch you next week with a brand new episode. We appreciate you guys so much. And just remember, the reason why Jeff and I do this is for one reason and one reason only. It is for you, the crew. I got long style burns and my hair slicked back. Coming to your down in a pink catalog. He's Hunky Talk Man. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.